This episode of Pompey Talk is brought to you in association with Portsmouth.co.uk. If you want to stay in the know about everything that's happening in Portsmouth, from news to culture to food, of course sport and Pompey, take out an online subscription with the Portsmouth News website today at Portsmouth.co.uk forward slash subscriptions. Not only do you get unlimited online access to award-winning reporting, but with fewer ads and free access to our digital edition and mobile app, you get all the Portsmouth you need. Our trial offer starts at just £1 a month for the first three months. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Pompey Talk podcast. It's been another busy week at Fratton Park with a rare shining in two games, so there's much to debate. So what's up for discussion? Well, we look back at that Stevenies game and the awful defending, and where that leaves Jack Watmore and Kenny Jacket's plans. We also look at Craig McGillifrey replacing Alex Bass at half-time, and where does that leave both keepers? We'll delve into the transfer market with Pompey linked with Gillingham striker Brandon Hanlon, while we also have a look at Rico Hackett-Fairchild after his double against Gosport in midweek. So where's the future for him? We hope you enjoy. Thank you for listening. Well, welcome to the latest edition of Pompey Talk, live from our homes. We're still filming remotely. We're still not back in the offices, so thank you lads for joining us. Um, a lot to discuss this week. Some football for a change and some awful, awful defending. Neil, you're at the game. Is that the worst well, you've ever seen? That's a bit harsh on Gosport, really, isn't it? They are a few <laughs> leagues below Pompey. <laughs> There's no need to pick on Gosport now. Come on, come on. Uh, but if you're talking about the Stevenage game, uh, it was Indeed. atrocious, wasn't it? That that first half was absolutely shocking. Um, um, we just didn't know where to look. It was it was a strange, strange old game, and uh, um, and then obviously he changed it at halftime by changing the keeper, and and they looked a different team. Um, real horrible start to the season, and. Really, considering the, the fan response to Kenny Jacket at the moment, it's a game he couldn't really afford to lose. Um, and thankfully, Pompey managed to win it on penalties. Well, were you a bit like me, 10 past three, thinking, are we preparing for a, a Pompey announcement that some stage tonight, the new manager search starts now? <laughs> or had you confidence that they would turn things around? Um, I mean, when it was 2-0 down, I was just flabbergasted away and I had it up like on my phone like a boss on my phone. I just couldn't believe what I was watching, really. It was just madness, wasn't it? I mean, he didn't start off great and a few long punts that went out from down and, and he didn't look great at the back and then all of a sudden it's bang, bang. Within 20 seconds, we saw the 2-0 down and you're right, like, you're just thinking this is not the start that Jacket needs when he's already under a lot of pressure from the fans and you're 2-0 down to so a team that Got relegated last season, but we're luckily to luckily at the uh, the football league place for Prive, like because of, because of Macclesfield's place. But it was just it was so poor, wasn't it? The first one when Braggett let it go over his head. I mean, I've I've read I've read Mark was said after they apparently got a shout to, to let it go. I don't know what happened there. If that was a mix up, and then the second one, I mean, you, you wonder whether then Bass has come off his line because the first one, the one went over his head, and he he might have thought he was too slow off his line, and then that was he. That was the worst one of them all for me, that one. It was just mistake after mistake, wasn't it? Uh, Downing and, and Bascalade and Raggett and Downing and then Bolton and then, yeah, and then the third one as well. It was just a uh, just 
fast comes off his line and dives for the corner, which you're always in trouble if you keep a dive and come for the corner and near post, aren't you? Then the scramble ensues and it's pinball around there and he put it in. It was just, it was so poor defending, wasn't it, from Pompey? And when Jack had under pressure, he didn't need that, did he? He didn't need that one. There's question marks ever whether they're going to cope without Burgess, etc. And whether Raggett and Dan are going to be good enough. He didn't need that, but they come out the second half and they played some good stuff in the second half. It was a good finish for Marquez, and luckily enough, there was the uh, they avoided the banana skin only ju- only just, but they avoided it all, you know. And it was an un- it was a, it was a winning start technically, but not the greatest start you could have hoped for. Neil, take out the defending in the first ten minutes. How would you have rated the Pompey performance overall, though? Well, as Will said, they were far better second half, but I don't know too much about Steenley's recruitment, but a few weeks ago, they were in non-league football. They're only reprieved because of Macclesfield. So, presumably, when they were in non-league football, they were dealing with non-league players, and now they've stepped up. They're suddenly, they've got a challenge now for League Two. So, and they finished bottom of the Football League last year, the Steenley side. They're not a very good side, I'm afraid. I don't want to say, all, all, you know, not to disrespect them, but they're not a very good side. Yet, they scored three goals in one half against Pompey. It was atrocious. Um, so, you, you, can, you can say Pompey played better second half, and they did, far better. But, come on, they, they should not be running on penalties to beat a, a side like Stevenage, um, who probably, more than likely, be struggling again this year, purely because of the, their background of being in non-league and instantly promoted surprisingly, back to the Football League. So, it, there are so many problems there in this Pompey squad, in this, this Pompey side. Uh, and for me, goalkeeping is not one of them. And uh, uh, it needs to be addressed because Pompey is still still. In fact, they haven't stood still, really. They've, they've, they've dropped back, haven't they, really? Because they, they haven't signed anyone. So, um, and other teams are strengthened. And I know fans are saying, oh, what about Gillian? They've signed 10 players. Well, Gilligan started the season with five players, causing to sign ten players. I've seen people say Plymouth, oh, they've signed seven players. Of course they are. They've been promoted from League Two. They're going to need seven players in this division. So you can't really compare Pompey's lack of uh, activity in the transfer market to those clubs. They need to strengthen. Now, Pompey need to strengthen in a different way, but they haven't. And they've regressed, if anything especially when you look at the centre-half position. So that's a concern for me. So I, I don't want to sort of say, well done, Pompey. You, you, you fought back to beat Stevenage. Yeah. It, it wasn't good enough and they need vast improvements because I still see Pompey getting the top 10. I still think they can get in the playoffs. But they're not as good as they were last year. I don't think anyone can disagree with that, surely. Yeah. Well, are they as good as what they have been? Or is this... Are we actually going to see Pompey maybe not qualify for the playoffs this season? Um, at the minute, they're not. No, I mean, you've got... You're without Burgess, without McGeehan, you're without Seddon. That's three big players who played a big part in the second half of the season, especially. Um, now, you've only gone out and showed talk about Cameron Pring a, a little bit later, but let's face it, at the at the minute, he's coming as a, as a reserve left-back. I know there is a battle there, and Jack had said that it's open, but at the minute, Lee Brown's coming. Lee Brown's first choice left back, so it wasn't the sign to inspire. So at the minute, they still need strengthening, don't they? They still need a, a proper leader at the back, centre half, to really command the defence. 
he still needs a pacey striker and he probably maybe needs something else in midfield uh, an attacking midfield or something different so at the minute I mean I can still see Pompey finishing the playoffs to be honest with you I think Jack, he'll always have his team in and around the money. He'll always, and you look at the likes of Wigan who are struggling, who've come down, and Charlton are struggling to get players in and know they've got a takeover going on in a legal battle that's, that's been in course of late. But because the rivals haven't, haven't the teams have come down aren't as strong as they might be. As If it was Luton and Barnsley coming in, you'd be worried, wouldn't you? But because it's Wigan and Charlton, it's not too bad even... You know, Hull of, of strength and wealth, so you expect them to be up there. I still expect Pompey to be up there because the squads, you think that 18 and 19 are there, are good enough to be top six. Are they good enough to be top two? Not at the minute, no. Not when you look at the likes of Peterborough and, and Hull, who are probably the two fancy teams in the division at the minute. Um, so at the minute, no, I don't fancy them to the top two. I still fancy them to the top six, but... A lot of work needs to be done. I mean, the season starts in what a week's time, just over a week's time, and Pompey still needs a couple of bodies through the door. I think before the season starts, at least, and then you're looking the transfer window staying open till October and getting a couple more in then. I do want to talk specifically about transfer market, but just just going back to the Stevenage game, Neil. Obviously, um, Craig McGillifrey came in for Bass at half time. Um, mm. Was Bass rightly the fall guy, or could he have easily taken off Ragged Downing? Um, and what? The, how do you read the situation, the goalkeeper situation going forward? Yeah, Bass looked very shaky. Um, I mean, Will mentioned about the first goal where uh, Marcus and Jacket both said that that Raggett heard a call. <clears throat> so we weren't aware of that. You're not aware of that in the in, when you watch the replays at home as well, are you? So um, if that's the truth. Then I'm afraid Bass was, was um, involved in all three goals, wasn't he? Um, definitely the second two as well. So um, it was a brave decision. <clears throat> I know I wrote an article about it. the last time my pond manager did it was um, <clears throat> Harry Redknapp when he brought off um, Shaka Hislop for Yoshi in uh, 2003. But that was only done because Hislop requested it. And I saw a Pompey fan at the game against Gospel the other day. And he said he'd gone through the records trying to find if it happened before that. And he couldn't find it happening. He gave up in the end. So it's incredibly rare a manager changes a goalkeeper at half-time. Uh, <clears throat> Jackie did it. And you know, credit for him for doing that. Uh, McGilvery settled the team down. Clearly Bass was having a poor game. You know, he's not a poor keeper. He's having a poor game. A poor half. And McGilvery pulled off those penalty saves. But for me, the the... the the goalkeeping department is the strongest Pommy have got in the whole squad. They've got competition. They've got two players who can easily play this level, perhaps the level above, probably the level above, actually, in fairness to them. Mm-hmm. Changing the goalkeeper is not a problem. They're, 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 they're doing fine there. It's just other positions in the team that concern me. And uh, uh, so McGilvery now, he, he, it was harsh when he was dropped. However, Bass came in and did well, didn't he, largely, when he went uh, last year. So, uh, we've got McGilvery back now, and uh, it's an interesting one because they are blessed with two good goalkeepers, but uh, that's not going to solve all their problems, is it? Well, they're also now blessed with two left-backs. Cameron Pring brought in on Tuesday night, um, debuted, albeit in a friendly, against Gosport. Bit of a left-field one, that, wasn't it? Weren't expecting... Um, Pompey's next move into the market to be another left-back. Bear in mind, Lee Brown signed a new contract in the summer too. So, again, what's your thoughts on that? 
Well, to be fair, I mean, Jacket and Gallon have said that before they get attacking players and they need defensive recruits, and that's where the, the recruitment has been focused on. But because he's probably coming in at the minute for Brown as a left back, it wasn't the real one that inspired him, inspired fans. You know what I mean? He's not this marquee signing who's going to shake up the defence and face <clears throat> Burgess or whatever. But you know, looking at his profile, he's he's done things the right way. He's gone out on loan to non-league. He's He's learnt his craft. He's gone up the divisions, and by all accounts, he has a good season at Walsall last season. I mean, it seems like he's a ball carrying left back, someone who who likes to bring out the ball and and get forwards, which would be interesting because obviously, without Steve Seddon at the club anymore, that's a that's an attribute that the Pompey going to miss. Lee Brown's solid, isn't he? But maybe he's not as he's more a little bit more conservative than than some fans would like. In some games, you need that, to be fair. I mean, as we've said before, in the Oxford game, in the Oxford games, he was Pompey's best player. He was superb defensively, and you do need that attribute. But some games, you do need your left-packs to go forward, especially at home. If you're playing the side near the bottom, who've come to, to set up and defend, and you need to break teams down. So it's a good option for Pompey. Didn't do a lot, to be fair, at Gosport, by his own admission. He said because Hacker Fairchild was flying in front of him. He didn't need to maraud forwards as well. He just needs to hold a position and make sure that the Pompey kept it tight at the back and didn't concede any any silly goals. But the, you know, the one thing that will concern fans again is that if he comes in and fl- is flying, that um, Bristol City have got a, a recall in January, haven't they? And we all know what happens with Ben Thompson in January. If Pring comes in and gets into the team and he's flying, and say Bristol City do struggle next season, then we could be seeing Ben Thompson. 2.0 again, couldn't we? Potentially, if if he gets recalled, so that is the one concern. I can understand that because I said a couple of weeks ago, if you get players in from the Premier League, then the likelihood is if if they're doing well, then they're not going to be going back to the parent clubs. But if it's in the Championship and Bristol City is struggling, then there's that possibility there. But yeah, looks a decent sign, and uh, hopefully get a glimpse of him against Colchester uh, next week. Potentially, it depends whether Jack goes strong in that game or not. But yeah, like the look of the lads, good profile, seems to fit Jack's mould of someone who's who's upbeat, hungry, probably not hasn't been too expensive uh, on the salary cap. Probably some some room to manoeuvre still left with with the spaces they've got in the squad. Okay, he's he's twenty two, so he doesn't so he counts as a squad member. But yeah, looks a decent signing overall. Neil, you've spoke to him as well. From what I've read, he seems to his attitude seems to be quite good. Um, he's saying quite a lot of the good things. One, he's not there to make up the numbers. He wants to really challenge um, Lee Brown for that spot. And he even turned around saying competition can benefit a, a squad. If you have a couple of people competing for the one spot, it's just going to bring out the best in everybody. So he seems to be saying quite a lot of the, the right things. You'd hope so, wouldn't you, really? You hope you wouldn't arrive at a club again. I'm not going to play, so what's the point, really? But there, there you go. And now he's, he's, um, um, he's actually a converted left winger. So uh, at the age of 17, he, uh, when he was in Chatham's Academy, he was, he was moved to uh, left back. Uh, so he's got those natural attacking tendencies down that flank. So that's interesting in itself. And Will was mentioning about how he's a ball carrying fullback. So that would be particularly intriguing for me that he, he might bomb on but also obviously he's been a, a fullback now for five years and so he, he can defend as well clearly so I'm intrigued to see him play properly uh, but no he, I mean, Pompey were after a left back um, obviously Brown's there but there were no other left-sided players that could 
even fill that spot in the squad. So they've got somebody there now. So that that was encouraging. And uh, they're still after a left-sided centre half. We know that as well. And then a striker, and obviously Hanlon uh, is in their sights for that one as well. So there's still a few more. But um, it, again, I mean, I'll go back to that thing about goalkeepers was not an issue for me. Left backs is not an issue either. They've got Brown. They've got a new contract. Most likely he's going to be number one at the start of the season. Uh, they've now got cover, but they want players in the first team as well. They need to strengthen you know, that first 11. And there are other players that need strength, other positions that need strengthening at the moment for me. Um, at front, they've only got two strikers, um, for instance. And the centre-halves, which we'll, we'll no doubt talk about uh, during this podcast. Well, well let's talk about the centre-halves then. Because there's an, an obvious elephant in the room when you're talking about centre-halves, when you've got Jack Watmore not playing at the minute. Um, he's obviously played against FC Totten last week, come on the second half against Gosport. Um, is he not a natural... A natural fit there, well, this season? He is, but he's still feeling his way back from injury, isn't he? Obviously, when he came back, he played against Scunthorpe and then he was on the bench. Then he came came in against Peterborough and, and struggled, didn't he, when he was up against Ivan Tony? I mean, and he got taken off for half-time and then he, he missed the playoffs as well because he, he put his, his young family's health first, which is a stance that everyone respects of the club. So he didn't play a lot of football and he's just feeling his way back and getting getting confidence back in his knee because he has obviously had three serious knee injuries. He knows his body, to be fair, Jack. He's gone through it before. He knows what he can do, what he can't do. But at the minute, it seems like he, he's just feeling his way back. Once he is fully fit and has full confidence in everything, should he be starting? Well, for me, what I noticed, that I just like his aggression when he defends. I like that he puts defenders, uh, strikers under real pressure and gets in the face and just looks to, to, to really show his physicality and that's perhaps maybe something that, that Dan, I don't know, maybe Dan hasn't showed a Pompey. I mean, when I looked at the head and stats during lockdown, that was something that Dan struggled on, his aerial duels and that's something we know that Jack likes someone who's aggressive in the air and will will do his defending first and foremost. So for me, I think when he is fit, I think he's got to come to the team, to be honest with you. Because after that on Saturday, Dan and Ragus, and we've seen them against Coventry and Walsall last season, they're, they're yet to convince yet, really, as a partnership together. So, I mean, the the, the one thing with, with what more is, is he's had three serious knee injuries. Is, is Jacket worried that he might break down again? Does he think, well, I might plan him for his team? It might get to November, December. He's broken down again. Then we're back to square one to a pursue with Dan and Ragus for the meantime, where... They could slowly but surely build a partnership a bit like Davis and Raggett did, did last season. But obviously, they, they do want another centre-half, uh, left-sided centre-half, left-footed one. But what they do need, I think, is a leader. Someone who's gonna, someone's going to command the defence and give out orders in, in the heart of defence. And I think Jack can do that. He's experienced enough now. He knows he's obviously got Pompey running through his blood. He's been at the club for you know more than 10 years now. And he's been around the first team since he was 16. He's... When he's at his best, there's not many better League One centre artists that in in the division. It's just now he's really got to prove his fitness. And if he plays against Colchester, maybe next week again, if whether they go strong or the or, or Jack had to start to field a couple of the fringe players or the, the players that he hasn't had his mind for the first game of the season. And if he gives a good gives a good account for himself, then then perhaps he might be in the starting eleven for Shrewsbury. But certainly for me, if he's fully fit. 
shown that he's back to his very best. That's, you know, two seasons ago, he's next to, next to Matt Clark. He was superb, wasn't he? So if he gets back to those level of forms, then he's got to be in the team. He's got to be. Because it's interesting, traditionally, Jacket preferred um, Jack ahead of Burgess mm. when fit. Um, a few times he dropped Burgess with Jack, didn't he? And, uh, um, and when they were both vying, it was always Jack ahead of Burgess. So it's not like Jacket doesn't like him. But, uh, but I'm, I'm a bit confused why Watmore's not playing at the moment. But for me, he's an outstanding defender. He's got to be first choice. If not for injury, he wouldn't be at the club. He'd be at the championship, perhaps above that. I don't know. Um, he's an absolute quality performer. We all know that. But he's had those injuries. Um, and we've not seen enough of him since coming back from injury to see if he's over them yet, have we? We know we don't watch training. Uh, he's featured in two first-team <laughs> games. One came off at half-time. Uh, and pre-season, he's not had a lot. I think he's had 180 minutes pre-season. Um, he didn't play at all against Brighton, by all accounts, as well. So, um, he's clearly not in Jacket's plan to start the season in the centre of defence. Um, uh, he looked really good the other night, powerful in the air. Uh, his timing was excellent, actually, uh, mm. in the aerial duel. So, he, he looked good. But uh, uh, hopefully, he, he's, he's come through this and he's OK with it because he's a quality performer, absolute quality. And if he's fit and fine with his knee... He should be in Pompey's first team for me. No question about it. Whether it's right or left, you've got to have a Jack Watmore in there because he's an outstanding talent. Is, can you not credit Jacket for his approach here that he's carefully timing Watmore's return? Obviously, he's played so little football over this past while. Is, it, is, is uh, 80% fit Jack Watmore, a bit rusty, um, better? Would you not prefer to have him sitting on the bench and then bringing on a fully fit, ready to go Jack Watmore? So can you not give yeah, Jack some if, credit for? If, yeah, but if that's the case, you've got to play more pre-season, you give him more minutes, um, give him a half against uh, Brighton. Jack yeah. was expecting to play the full ninety minutes against Gosport, but obviously with the the, the, the team changing and Jackie decided to put the, the, the first eleven for the first. 45 minutes he instead had just 45 minutes so he's not been given enough minutes during the uh, the, the pre-season really to uh, to improve that situation and improve his fitness match fitness and to show his over his problems so um, there's no suggestion there that the jacket's going to go to jack anytime soon because it's been effectively downing and ragged who have been his first choice throughout pre-season um so uh, but but again, he, he, he's a quality player, Jack. And and again, we don't see training and how he is in training. But from what I've heard, I'm hearing from what I saw the other night, he looks really really strong at the moment. And um, the, the hope for the knee injuries are, are in the past. Well, well, we all know Jacket's got a ruthless streak. So if Downing and Ragged aren't performing, even if they do start against Colchester next Tuesday night, if there's some form of mess up at the back. You can guarantee that Jacket's ruthless streak will just kick in, and, and he, he's not afraid to, to just bring in somebody totally fresh into that third position. Well, he weren't afraid to change up his, uh, his back four at the start of last season, was he? I mean, I yeah. started with Darman and Burgess, and then Naylor went in there, and Burgess and, Burgess and Raggett went in there, and Darman and Raggett against Coventry. So he wasn't afraid last season. Well, I think Jacket might be a bit wary about that, how he tinkered with his defence. and. Okay, you probably have to because 
eventually he found the right partnership in, in Burgess and, and Raggett. But then he plays Hawkins in there for a little bit as well, didn't he? So and before he got injured. So I think maybe Jaffa just wants a bit of stability in there and something that moving forward gives them you know, building those rapports because maybe just wary about that again, about starting slow. Because Pompey were playing catch up, let's face it, for, for most of last season because of the slow start. And maybe Jeff is thinking he needs the foundations he needs to have a solid back four to to give them that stability and, and solidity. But then it comes back to the question, is the partnership of, of Darlan and Raggett going to give you that? Well, what we've seen in Stevens, probably not. Or what we've seen in Gospel, they didn't have a lot to do. So if they played Colchester, then that might be the, the assets test for them. But if, okay. if Jacket brings in a, another centre of defender like we expect him to do, mm. uh, where does where does that leave Jack then? Well on, isn't it? Honor, isn't it? It is as well, and I mean, you know, I, I'm not too convinced either whether Rackick moving him to the right is the right moving him to the right hand side the right thing because he's played on the left for most of his most of his career as well and mm. what we'll send him a little bit off kill to playing on the right he's, you wouldn't think so you'd like to think that all right he's not he's no Matt Clark on the ball you're never going to see him marauding 50 yards outside but just being able to open his body up onto naturally onto his right foot maybe that might make Pompey a little bit more progressive from the back rather than sometimes ragged so he's quite comfortable on his left foot but it's not obviously it's, it's not as natural for sometimes he, he just takes that half a yard too long or half a second too young too long to let a pass go or he tries to play a long ball to Curtis and overcooks it like he did a gospel. Maybe on his right it might be a little bit different, but certainly if yeah, you're right. Well, you think Stevenage, well you, good point because you think Stevenage for that second goal. Hmm. Uh, he he sort of did it on the ball a bit, didn't he? And he got caught in possession well or basically his clearance ricocheted off somebody who closed him down. And that was on his left, wasn't he? If it's on his more natural right, he could have cleared that quicker, you'd imagine. Yeah, yeah. So, but so it's be... an interesting point, isn't it? Yeah, but you're right about what more. Where does it leave him? Obviously, who are mulling over, sending him out on loan. That's going to happen now. That's not going to happen. But to be here for Jack, because if he doesn't play this year, he's out of contract. If he doesn't play this year, you wonder if you're going to get a new contract of Pompey. If he doesn't, he's also a free agent. He's got to go to clubs now. His agent's got to go to them and go, right, He's a player. Okay. Sell yourself, all right. He's played League One football last season. Yeah, but you've had three series knee injuries and you, and you haven't played for a year. It's going to be tough for him if, if, he, if he is down the mm. technology and play a lot of football going forward. So he needs to play this year, Jack, and touch woods because he's a great lad, Jack, and he that's all he can, he can get back into the starting 11. Neil, um, Rico Hackett Fertel scored two on Tuesday night. He's another player who I haven't seen much of at all since he arrived in January. Do you anticipate Pompey fans getting more glimpses of him moving forward? Yeah, we've not seen him, have we, really? He's played once for Pompey in the first team. He's only made two squads since he's been here. He's had injuries, he's had niggles, and we obviously saw him in the friendly the other night, and I'm sure it was his first touch actually scored with after coming on at half-time. A lovely finish. And the second goal was a really good finish as well with his left foot from outside the box. Um, and he could, have, he could have had a hat-trick as well. He looked very, very good. And I've been disappointed pre-season purely because I, I want to see him play. I want to see new players. We know what the team can do. With you know, Yet again, I'm saying, we've seen them all before. They're all here from last year. So you, know, you want to see how young lads do. You want to see how 
new arrivals do. And we've not seen a lot from Hackett Fairchild. So it's really interesting to watch him play the other night. And he did very well on his comeback. It's his first pre-season friendly as well. So um, it's encouraging for him because, uh, as Jacket says about him, he hasn't got a lot of natural left-footed players. So he can give them something different. And uh, uh, we just want to see him play to see if he's any good. Don't we? We, we don't know. We, uh, it sounds harsh, but he's a forgotten man of Pompey because we've not seen enough of him to formulate an opinion. Um, and so it's good to see him play those 45 minutes. Hopefully he'll get a chance against Colchester so we can have another look at him. I think it's too yeah. easy for people to look at names and write off players because they've had injuries. Like we did it with Cannon and Morris. You know, you just got to give them a chance. Use your eyes. Trust your own judgment. Are they good or not? Let's watch them. Let's see. Uh, and that's the same with, with Haggett Fairchild. Let's watch how he is and then give our judgment. It's important Pompey do. Like, he's, he's an option they're going to have well going forward next season. But it, it is important that Pompey do have some sort of fresh blood up front. Bearing in mind, there's been little and no activity in that department so far. So he could be that wee bit of freshness that might spring something out of anybody else around him. It is, yeah, and he's, he's quite raw, isn't he? What I see in the other night, he's not, he's not afraid to go at players and attack them, and if he doesn't come off, then he'll get the ball again, and he'll try it again, and he likes going past players and beating players, and I do quite like that, especially if he's coming off the bench with 25 minutes to go, maybe, or something like that, and just gives you that fresh impetus and just a willingness to go at players and show that aggression going forward. Joe, Joe Gallon describes him as a goal-scoring winger, which... Which is an interesting one because obviously Curtis is like that on the left as well. That's that's the way he's described. He likes to to get to the back stick and get in those positions. I think Hacker Fairchild's maybe maybe similar to that. I think he he likes drama defender as we've seen with his second goal at Gosport. He, he you know he took a touch and got a shot off. It was a great finish from the lad of the way he manoeuvred himself out of yards of space to to get the shot off. So it's an inter- you know it, it is Neil's right. We haven't seen a lot of him at Walsall. He, probably didn't have his best of games. Like he was pretty poor, if I'm honest with you. He didn't do a lot and he was subbed after sixty minutes. But first game after arriving, what can you expect from the lad now? He knows his teammates. He's been here for what best part of eight months now. He'll be comfortable in the surroundings. He'll know his teammates will know his strength. He'll know theirs. And now when when it, when he gets a chance it'll be It'll be quite nice to see him in, in, in a league game and be able to, to show what he's capable of because stepping up from the National League, it is a big step up for him. He's obviously played at this level with, with Charlton before, but he was only a, a bit part player at best then uh, a couple of seasons ago. So now it'll be interesting to see whether he's capable of, of meeting these standards by all, no, the way the trend and mid to long term uh, Project he was described at the time. You, you, you're thinking the way they've scouted them, he can be a League One stroke, stroke Championship player. So hopefully there's plenty of excitement there, and he gets his opportunity. He played late. He went on the right for a little bit on on Tuesday night as well. I think he, he, he think he can play all three positions. So it looks like it'll be a left sided option with Curtis and someone who's naturally left footed and can get crosses in instead of having to cut inside or whatever. Sometimes the Curtis has to do or wait for maybe wait for Brown to come on the overlap. Hacker Fairchild can put an early delivery into the box and it gets onto his left foot and he spots a run of a Marquez or a Harrison in there. Okay. And finally, Neil, we're running out of time here. Um, but briefly, you've spoken to 
the Gillingham reporter in regards to Brandon Hamlin, a player that Pompey have been linked with, a forward, an attack-minded player. Mm. Um, from what you've gathered, would he be a good fit at Pompey? Yeah, they they say he's he's a young player who had his best season season just gone. He's developing, he's progressing. The theory is he's a talented individual who can only get better, and um, it's given him a lot. Uh, last year, I think the stats was he, he played forty times and he started thirty six games, so he's very much a fixture in their starting lineup. Steve Evans has had a, has had a massive clear out this summer, but Hanlon's one he wants to keep. So, which says a lot as well. So, he, he's, he's apparently, he's pacey, he's direct, he loves running at players, he can play in a, in a forward two or a three behind the striker. The only concern was his finishing. Now, he got seven goals last year, but he's, apparently he needs to work on that. But, as the reporter told me, he's developing and getting better all the time and there's still plenty more to come. So he's very much a work in progress in terms of his football, but there. So yeah, Pompey needs someone like that for me. They need someone a striker with a bit of pace, a bit of mobility to to give them something more up front. Because at the moment they've got two strikers, and uh, uh, he would freshen it up for me, and perhaps someone that can come off the bench as well. So that's an interesting one. Okay. Brilliant. Okay, well, lads, as I say, time is ticking. We need to crack on. I appreciate your time as usual. Um, we will reconvene next week. So we'll speak to you then. Um, thank you for listening. Goodbye. Bye, Mark. Thank you for listening and don't forget to subscribe to the Portsmouth News website for just £1 a month for the first three months for everything you need to know about Portsmouth and more.